good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with Junior Renee Bobrun. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you back to this ongoing conversation that is now in its 76th episode in the middle of March 2022. And if you are a returning listener, again, I'd like to thank you for your continued patronage. I'd like to thank you again for allowing for lending me your ears and allowing me an opportunity to earn your attention on another episode, another opportunity. I appreciate that. In any case, um, if you guys have any questions, concerns, kudos, business inquiries that you would like to bring into my direction, feel free to email me at whoseworldisthis21 at gmail.com or you can follow this show Instagram page at whose world is this 2021 that's whose world is this 2021 thank you for the cash app donations which are at dollar sign j u n b e a u i appreciate it uh keep them coming cuz i want to do this show more often it's like i said before i want to uh uh broaden the scope of this more interviews more collaborations and things of that nature but like i you know as with a lot of things time is money but right now i'm more concerned with output than outcome at the moment um and uh but we're going to get to new things very very soon uh thank you guys for uh shopping at chaveshouse.com that's c-h-a-v-e-s house.com it's one of the sponsors of this show and chaveshouse.com is home to the how to be a successful self-publisher blueprint. That particular book was number one in its genre last year on Amazon. So if you want to be a self-publisher, it would behoove you to get a book on self-publishing by a successful self-publisher, which Lenore Batista is. So ChavezHouse.com, C-H-A-V-E-S House.com. You can pick up the, uh, the journal. You can pick up uh, gratitude journal. You can pick up the, fitness journals you can pick up decorative notebooks you pick up the successful blueprint on on self-publishing publishing your first book your first book of poems sayings cookbooks you know fictional stories non-fiction stories doesn't matter you know you either do that or you can go on amazon and you can put in chavez house publishing in the search engine and all the titles that are authored by lenore batista are the ones that you should be purchasing because Lenore Batista right now is the sole author at ChavezHouse.com until I do a book, uh, which is slow. It's a slow process, people, but I'm going to get to it. Okay, what's today's topic? Um, usually, I've, I've departed from this particular uh, practice. I've spent the first 50 or 60 episodes <clears throat> leading up to this 76th episode where I usually have a title and from the title I um I um pretty much from the title I bring about a particular stream of consciousness and I always tie it back to the title that's how my rants are sort of organized confusion it, it keeps them in line to a certain degree because I have the title but because I've been doing something because I've been um I've been picking things out of the current event basket you know uh with uh Russia and things of that nature and uh, particularly and uh, current events, which I, I don't like to do, but I've said on occasion that I will pick at particular uh, current events just to give a what I consider. I don't want to call it a fresh perspective that's being presumptuous, but at least a perspective that is, like I've said, not explored as much as I think it should be to come up with an informed opinion. So this episode i'm not going to name it yet but i just want to touch briefly on a couple of things that i mentioned from the last episode i touched on millennials and who are their giants and um as i thought i received a great deal of feedback from millennials because this is the millennial medium you know as far as emailing hitting me up on dms and things like that so millennials have been hitting me up cousins friends friends of cousins people i went to school with everybody and it's been a it's been fun you know i told you i love the conversation and um 
what's interesting about it is the level of emotion that was involved in the conversation. The level of emotion was interesting. And I never forget a quote by Dale Carnegie that said, when dealing with people, remember you are not dealing with creatures of logic, but creatures of emotion from Dale Carnegie. And um, people were emotionally upset. They felt attacked because that's another word. People felt triggered and attacked. Like I was attacking millennials. I was attacking the movements. I was attacking them. And what's interesting about that is I said, how do you feel attacked when all I said was go back? I said, you don't have any giants. And I said, and I asked the question. So instead of feeling attacked, answer the questions. Because that's intellectual inquiry to withstand for me, for whatever I say to withstand ideological or intellectual inquiry, I can stand corrected. You know, you can say, oh, well, you didn't. Well, June, what about this person or what about that person? You asked who's Malcolm X's counterpart in contemporary times. You know, you know blah, blah, blah. You did, no one, no one could give me somebody. They told me who they were following or whose edicts they were following. But they conceded ahead of the conversation that they knew that the people that they're following weren't like such and such from the people that I mentioned. So I asked another question, why the departure? Why did you abandon your giants? Why have you departed from those edicts, even though the things that they were fighting for 40, 50, 60 years ago are still the same exact things you are fighting for today? It's the same conversation. So why did you change the rules of engagement and deviate when most of the strides that were made were made because of them, their tools, what they did in their lifetime? Hello? Things that were done in their lifetime. So why did you depart from that? And then, you know, I said to them, I said, you know what, I'm not going to blame you because, you know, we went from respectfully you know, we went from MLK to Al Sharpton. That is a departure in and of itself. And Al Sharpton is a, I think he's a boomer. I think he's, you know, whatever. And I find him to be, you know, wholly unacceptable as leader. But that's just me. You know what I mean? You know, I find he, him to be corrupt and Jesse Jackson to be co-opted. So, you know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't want those guys leading me either. And that was the, the sort of a bridge because those men marched, Jesse was right next to MLK and such and such, and Jesse did, an, you know, those elders that survived that civil rights movement, they went and got paid, you know, they were out there in corporate and, you know, screaming, trying to be at, at every single race rally possible, they were looking to be the vanguards, and they did an ineffective job, and they got rich, remember what we spoke about, can't be a rich activist, you know, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton were rich activists. So I had to concede that. I, and like I said before in the previous episode, I said, listen, not every single boomer or someone from the lost generation or greatest generation leader activist was actually a hero. They were giants and they were also, you know, people that were not so big. There were people that fell short. There were people that were heroes and they were villains. Don't get it. Don't get me wrong. As if to say everyone gets gets a, you know, rode the white horse and had a cape and was a hero. It's not what I was saying. But what I am saying is the giants, there's no ones that's standing as big as them right now. And I made that assertion and I, and I put it down as a challenge to say, if I'm wrong, please prove me wrong. You know, show me your giant and then we'll have the conversation as to see whether or not they measure up. And that's what I did. But because... We live in a soundbite era. We live in an era where people are going to hear the thing that triggers them and dismiss everything else. And every single last millennial that disagreed with me, because let me put it to you this way, more agreed than disagreed. If you'd like a number, let's just say that from the outset, from the outset, I would say 60% agreed with me. Six, no, I would say closer to 70, like 70% agreed with me 
And then the 30% that disagreed were kind of like some was, was sort of on the fence. And there was a 15% out of that 30 that was angry. Like June, I feel like we're being attacked. But everybody had that same sense of feeling a bit attacked. My approach, oh, you June, I kind of feel like you were attacking a little bit, attacking, attacking. And I said, okay, that's fine. You know, if, if, if you know, I apologize if you felt attacked. wasn't my intent to attack. I'll let you know when I'm attacking. It's not what I was doing. I attacked Ennis Cantor and Andrew Bogut. That's why I attacked. One of my, you know, uh, 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 past episodes where I was talking about the hypocrisy of Ennis Cantor and um, uh, Andrew Bogut. I attacked them purposefully. I, I went on the full off. That was an offensive. And that was, I could have went harder, but that was as hard as I wanted to go. But in any case, so that was interesting. I just wanted to touch on that real quick, real briefly about that last episode. It, it brought about a robust conversation. I don't care what age group or sociopolitical or socioeconomical or racial or gender you come from. If you want to have that conversation about what I spoke about when I said uh, millennials, who are their giants? Who are your giants? Question mark. Please feel free because I was able to pretty much convert that whole group and even they had to concede that there was a departure. And I told them, I said, your elders didn't prepare you either. So what were you supposed to do? You know, because so many of the giants were assassinated. Like I said, when you speak truth to power and you speak truth back to the powerless and, and, and to empower them, your reward is assassination, incarceration, marginalization, ostracization and exile. That's pretty much what it is. That's that's that. So there are a lot of giants who just shrunk and said, you know what? I don't feel like having one of those five rewards. <laughs> so I'm going to just, you know, do my books, do my lectures quiet. I'm not going to be as vigorous and as vigilant as I could be. You know what I mean? I fought the good fight. I saw my friends, you know, you know, receive one of the five deadly venoms <laughs> that i just mentioned and they didn't want any parts of that they didn't want any they didn't want any parts of that you know the deterrence deterred them you know which by design they're supposed to do you know when they're making example of your vanguards oftentimes if you cut off the head the body will fall and the heads of these movements are where where um they were um top heavy because you lose a giant like malcolm your organization will fall. You lose a giant like MLK. You lose giants like Fred Hampton. Giants, you know. You you hope that with an assassination, with a with a oh, with a killing or a jailing, that it'll galvanize the people, and another giant will take his or her place. That's not always how it happens. As a matter of fact, the opposite oftentimes happens. And the power structure that's looking to quell and and destroy certain movements and, and dampen them they they're banking on another giant not being ready to take the place you know and um they have contingencies so you know that's what ends up happening so so i told a lot of the millennials i was like you guys they weren't taught you guys weren't taught the rules and tools and jewels necessary for you to take up the gauntlet take up the mission you know uh, get the baton and run with it so now these deviations and bastardizations and departures and abandonment of certain, you know, uh, past edicts and dictums, you know, it's not your fault. So if I made it seem like it was just your fault, then I apologize. But you also must respect the elders that are speaking on your behalf. Like take a Dave Chappelle, for instance. Dave Chappelle now is actually going through a generational war. Now, he's a champion for the left. He's a champion for the left. His politics is more left-leaning. It's more liberal in tone and tenor. Um, and meanwhile, the identity politics woke movement are calling him a boomer, as if to say he's out of touch, which is interesting to me because the millennial and the late, 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 you know, the, the, the early or late millennials are calling the generation of boomers out of touch. The left-wing boomers, the left-wing boomers who fought in seminal movements that brought about the changes that you see today, the reason why you get to have women 
who are chairman of, of, of professor of departments where you have 50 plus percent of women in med school and law school and this, that, and the third were all because of movements that those boomers were a part of. And, and, and Chappelle's not a boomer. He's a generation Xer. He's born in the 60s, not in the 40s. But that's a, so now you have this new woke generation using the word boomer as a derogatory phrase, as if to say or indicate that these people are out of touch with what's going on. And I was like, when I saw that, when Chappelle was pushing back on some of the pushback he was getting for his uh, take on transgender uh, dynamic, etc. And I, say, I saw a lot of articles I saw written by uh, Gen X, I'm um, sorry, uh, millennials. And they were saying, hey, Boomer, you're out of touch. What's wrong with Chappelle? Chappelle is out of touch. He's not sensitive. He's not this. He's not that. And so these, this new generation is not ready to have an intellectual conversation about their identity politics. They're not ready. So they all feel as if canceled. They, they all push the red button. It's like before there's any sort of diplomacy, you know, before, before countries go to war, there is a great deal of backdoor conversations. I'm sorry, back-channel conversations that occur over months, sometimes years, sometimes even decades of diplomacy. That's what a diplomat does. Diplomat from one country speaks to a diplomat from another country, and they try to iron out their conflicts and differences to do what? To avert war most times to bring about some sort of understanding so they can align themselves with some sort of understanding and agree to disagree without disagreeing militarily. Okay? But it seems as if this, this new woke, uh, the, new, the new left, the neo-American left is what I'm going to call it, or the, the, the neo-left movement in America now doesn't have time for conversation. They don't want to have the conversation. What they want to do now is cancel immediately. Oh, nope, don't, no, I'm triggered. I feel attacked. You're being misogynistic. You're being homophobic. You're being a racist. You're being a bigot. You're being a this. You're being a that. You're being a this. You're being anti this, that, and the third. No nuance. Remember what we spoke about on this show. We bring nuance to the table. So without nuance, it's, oh, it's this way. This is anti-racist. Or if you think anything in between, you're a racist. Oh, this is this is uh, anti-misogynistic, but if you think anything in between, if you have any other kind of conversation, if you're trying to introduce any sort of other rhetoric, you're immediately going to be considered a what? A misogynist, a, a woman hater, or a, or, a, or, a, or, a, or a hater of the gays, or a hater of the blacks, hater of the browns, hater of women, you don't want women to succeed, etc., etc. No room for nuance. That's why I like long-form conversations. That's why I'm grateful that many of my listeners told me stick with the long form conversation because when I was going to cut it to a 30 minute conversation around you know season two or season three I was going to say you know what I think I'm going a little bit too you know long on the long-winded and people were like are you kidding me no way it's the only way to to flesh out your the idea so people can have an idea so maybe they can get past their triggers and just keep listening so what I noticed was many of the people that listened, the millennials that listened, and I'm speaking to them directly, I noticed a lot of them stopped when I said such and such and such and such. And let me tell you something. When I used to read books, I mean, when I, back in, there were some books that I stopped reading when I was in my teens because a line made me angry. Not realizing that it's not about that line. It's about reading everything that surrounds that line or that passage. And I would stop reading a book. And then I did that for about two or three books. And then I said, yo, I got to read the whole thing. Because guess what? I was telling people how angry I was at a particular passage. And guess what they were saying to me? So what happened next? I was like, yo, I stopped reading it. They looked at me like, oh, I, well, all right. But why don't you continue? I was like, yo, I couldn't. I was just so I was mad. I was mad at the when they said that. I just didn't read it anymore. And they were like, okay. So I'm saying to myself, yo, that happened two or three times. And I'm just like, and people kept saying three times in a row. They said, yo, what happened next? I'm like, I don't know. So I went back and I read those three books. And I realized that at the end, I had a totally different opinion of that book from where I ended. That part where I ended reading, stopped reading because I was angry. By the time I finished each one of those books, I'm not going to mention those books by name, but each one of those books, I, had, I, didn't, I didn't have an angry 
uh, repugnant opinion about that. I wasn't repulsed by that book after I read it through to the end. And so I asked the people that listened to the Bible, I said, did you listen to the whole thing I said? And they're like, no, at that point, when you said that, I was like, I'm, I got to talk to June. And I was like, no, that's not how you, that's not how we do things. I said, well, you, you see, no, you had to listen to everything I said. And I said, because the thing that they were upset about, I told them, I said, about maybe five or 10 minutes later, I said, later on in that particular conversation, I said such and such and such and such. You should really go back and listen to it fully. And they were like, um, yeah, maybe I should. I said, you know what? Respectfully, that's the problem with this generation. Because you guys would rather listen to a symposium on a person than listen to the person. I said that to someone because I, I, I told someone to go listen to, I can't remember if it was whose speeches. I think, I'm going to mention them again. I think I told them to listen to Malcolm X's speeches and listen to his debates. You know what they did instead? They listened to a symposium of a bunch of scholars speaking about Malcolm 20, 30 years after he died and, and how they felt. And they came back and was like, yeah, I was listening to this symposium on Malcolm. I said, listen, I did not tell you to go listen to symposiums and other people's interpretations. I told you because YouTube gives you so many of the speeches, so many of the lectures, so many of the debates that he had, so many of the interviews that he had on television. I told you to listen to the man speak his words from his mouth. Stop looking for the cliff notes. Stop looking for the synopsis. Stop looking for the activists by dummies, for dummies. Do the work. Do the research. And research oftentimes doesn't just mean doing a search bar, doing a, a, putting a, a, a title or a phrase or a name of a person in your search bar. You might need to read whole books. You might need to go to Amazon and pick up the used version, go to your local bookstore if you still have one, if those still exist. I know we have one in this neighborhood. It's all right. Um, it's decent. But even the books there, I got to go order the books I like. It's crazy because they don't have the books I want in stock because obviously big bookstores only really pretty much, you know, box stores cater to corporate publishers and corporate publishers are going to pronounce or espouse corporate narratives and if i'm looking for counter narratives to what's already being told to me and bandied about in in this reality then i'm gonna have to order the book online so sometimes i go to the bookstore and i go hey listen can you order me such and such book because i notice you guys can get it cheaper than amazon this one and they go oh, okay that's what ends up happening now even the bookstores don't have the books i need the library forget about it the library is great for how-to books stuff like that it's anyway but and i'm telling them that like listen it's you got to go buy the book. If you don't go online like you guys are always online, buy the books. And if I say listen to the person's words, listen to the person's words coming out of their mouth, not how it was interpreted by others. And if you're going to speak to me about something that I said, why don't you just listen to the whole thing? Allow me a moment so I don't have to repeat myself, at least listen to everything I said. So I'd, I'd like to say that. You know, that um, to everybody that listened, to the millennials that listened, because I shared it with a lot of them, too. I sent it to a lot of them, and I put your thoughts, question mark. I said, I'd love to have a convo with you. And so I sent that out to about 20 people, and I said, I want you to listen to it fully. I said, before we speak on it, listen to the whole thing. And I said that, too. I said, your thoughts? I said, before we speak, listen to the whole thing. There's a lot being said because I realized I, I started adding a lot of things at the end of the conversation than, than, at the than at the beginning. You know, the beginning started a little slow and then I realized how much I said at the end. So I said it's important that you listen to all the way through the end. You know, it's like watching a movie. You know, what's the purpose of just listening to it from the, um, you know, just watching it until three quarters through and then stopping, not knowing how it ends. But it's important. There's been a departure. There's been an abandonment. There's been a reticent to do the research. There's been a reticent to look at those elders as leaders, as the giants, as 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 the not only just the progenitors and the pioneers, but the, that the ones who so far did it were the most effective, had the most effective intellectual outlines that outlined our world such as it is today. Such as it is today, if you if you if you 
read the books from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and even early 80s, you will see the rhetoric is extremely accurate as to what is going on right now. Because it's in a cycle. We are in a cyclical system. So that's why I said what's going on in 2022, you can put it right next to parallel it with what was going on in 1962. I mean, when we were going through all the, the, the little the riots and things that were going on a couple of years ago, and I put riots in quotes, but, you know, you had Mike Brown here, you had this one there, you had Trayvon there, you had this one, this one, that one. Cities were, cities were going through contentious moments all over the place. I can juxtapose that to 40 years ago, more than 40 years ago. Same things were going on 50 plus years ago. Okay? get the newspaper from those days you get the news clippings you go into your library you go wherever and you would see the news clippings and go wow sometimes almost to the date to the month there was actually a month i was in where was i in hawaii i can't remember where i was i think it was 2014 can't remember when there was something going on at a particular month and i just happened to say let me go online and look at something and what was going on in that particular month while i was in hawaii in 2014 was going on the same month 50 years ago same sort of situation, backstory, context, racial dynamic, all of that, almost identical. So if it's identical, then you should be going to speak. You, you should be reading the people who were able to 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 overcome that and didn't succumb to that. Hmm? And were able to understand it, comprehend it, outline all the tentacles and the details. And sometimes you have to go to various people because some people may be an expert on one side and other people may be an expert on another a socioeconomic side. One may be a geopolitical side. Uh, one may, be, may, may um, offer a, a spiritual explanation and you put them all together. But I don't see that happening now. And that's what I wanted to say to them. So. You know, and, you know, even even that angry 50 percent, I told them, I said, I'm going to call you out on your emotion. I said, because it takes emotion to get you into the streets, but your intellect is what's going to it's what's going to allow you to def to defend yourself against the pragmatists and the and the and the um, the logic. That built your infrastructure. OK, because the, for, for these strictures and structures to stand it took a certain amount of pragmatism and practicality, okay? Void of emotion. There was an agenda, okay? And you have to know that agenda. And then you have to have a counter agenda. And, you know, so we came to a certain agreement. I like that, you know, a certain uh, accord. But I told them, I said, no, number one rule, number one mistake you guys are making is using those elder generations and calling them boomers and calling them Gen Xers. Then they haven't done it with the Gen Xers yet because they still count on their Gen Xers for um, for for their cool pop culture. You know, you're still counting on Jay-Z and M&Ms and people like that to give you your pop culture because they're all Gen Xers. Well, I think Jay-Z is a boom. I, yeah, yeah Jay-Z is a Gen Xer, too. I think his wife is a Gen when, when was Beyonce born? What was that, like 80s, 90s, like late 80s? I don't remember. But there's still sort of Alicia Keys. You're still counting on certain people from that Gen X or generation to give you your, their swag. And they're still getting a lot of their ideology from them to a degree. But the boomer, they act as if the boomer's out of touch. They act as if the boomer is out of touch. And that is the mistake of all mistakes. Because you... The, because... And so I'm speaking to them directly and I'm saying to them, no, you, you, you can't sit there and go, oh, yeah, boomer call Dave Chappelle a boomer. Like as if as if that's a, as if that's a, a, a negative connotation. And I thought to myself, that's how far we've come. That's how far down the rabbit hole we've come. That's how far we've descended. And so not ascended, but descended. But, you know, you know, um, and, you know, if people want to know why I'm having these conversations with you, it's because I still have a little hope for the future. Because if I did not, I wouldn't do this. I would be doing other things. I'll be doing other things for this hour and change that I spend doing this. There's a, I hold out a modicum of hope that the human intellect can, can just raise. Because I feel, in my own personal estimation, that humanity peaked around the 70s, 70s, 80s. All of these technological advances, I yawn a big, long, oh, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed that our technology, as Albert Einstein once said, our technology has far surpassed our humanity. 
I'm not impressed with civilian trips to the moon. I'm not. When we have the issues that we have on the ground right here, 84.6 million displaced people, 5 million of them are Venezuelans. The hundreds of thousands of people that are just being sex trafficked all the time, the millions. And No, no. Why would I be impressed with a rocket ship when we can't even handle things right here? Hmm? What, it, what is that commercial? I think there's a Matthew McConaughey commercial. Where for um, what's that? I don't know what that is for. It's from some sort of sales force. I think it was. I saw it during the Super Bowl, and it said Metaverse. Man, let's worry about this universe right here. And I was like, wow, absolutely. I c I couldn't have said it any better, you know. And I've said it time and time again. I'm not over. I'm not concerned with putting goggles on and seeing some virtual version of my reality. I want my reality to reflect my reality. This universe. This this human era that I'm in ERA I don't want this era to be human error E-R-R-O-R -R -R. there are way too many errors in our era so I'm not I'm not I'm not concerned with the space race between Bezos and and Branson and and Musk I'm not I'm not at all I'm I'm my concern is what are you guys doing up there because the same technology that we're creating is being created by flawed individuals. So our technology is going to reflect our imperfections. And that's the one thing that people keep for, forgetting. Our technology is going to reflect our imperfections, our flaws as human beings, our, our um, predilections to use our lower reptilian selves, our lower mammalian selves, and go back to barbarism and savagery. It's going to be reflected in how we utilize a lot of this technology that we are introducing as as conveniences. Our barbarity is embedded in in our technology. There's no way around it. It's going to reflect that. It's going to reflect that. It, it has no choice. As a matter of fact, this one little tiny example of it is the fact that um, this facial recognition software doesn't recognize black faces or brown, darker brown faces. Or when I take a picture with a digital camera, I always have to enhance the color a certain way to reflect my accurate color. I don't look to lighten or brighten me just to have an accurate depiction. Isn't that kind of what happens in real life? You're not recognized accurately for who you are oftentimes if you are darker. Now that may be considered hyperbole. That may be considered a reach for many people out there, but that's not a reach. They, I remember watching a video one time where they showed um, this uh, lighter-skinned, whiter person looking at a video, um, the facial recognition, and it recognized, hi, Brian, hi, such and such, the women and everybody. And then the brown, the, the Indian engineer, he's from Mumbai, and he was one of the engineers of the software. It didn't recognize him. And he was one of the main engineers of the software. Because the whole time when they were creating that software, no one thought, oh, what about the brown people and the black and all the, you know, what about the majority of the earth that's brown and colored, <laughs> you know, some, some, some tan of some sort? What about them? Oh, yeah. So facial recognition software looks at us like, eh, they're either not there or they're all the same. They're either invisible or we pull them all as the same. So it, it, it's constantly misrepresenting. Or it, it's, it's misrepresenting j black John for brown Juan and this one and that one. Isn't that how society kind of treats you when you're, you, you know what I'm saying? And that's just, that's just on the lower end. You know, that's just the lower brow situation. But our technology is going to be a reflection of how humane we are. And and all this talk about augmenting our technology with our human with our, you know, human beings 100 years from now are not going to be like human beings today because we're going to, you know, be augmented with the technology. I, 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 well, you know, I won't be here to see it. I feel I feel very bad for my descendants. That's why I do this show. So just to let them know that I tried. In my own little way, in my own little corner of the world in my own little corner of the universe. So for the millennials out there, if you were failed, if you feel that your, your Gen Xers failed you, if you feel that your whatever boomers that, that, that survived certain movements and had all that knowledge and information failed you, if you feel that they failed you, um, this is my contribution to the zeitgeist. 
my contribution to everything to, to the era and they didn't fail you because you had the music you have the hip-hop music you have the books the lectures they were you know a lot in new york city you had so many uh, revolutionaries that ended up teaching at baruch college and cunies and sunnis and african studies and etc etc they were there they may not have been as mainstream and taken to the streets but they were there if you really wanted it it was there but in any case this is my contribution this show this platform this contribution this conversation it's me saying hey i tried because i hold out a modicum of hope but i'm going to tell you if you guys are raising kids right now if you're if you're if you're in college and you're listening to me if you're coupled up and you're looking to have children or you have children or you have children that are about to be grown or some of you that listen to me have grandchildren i am not hopeful for the future <laughs> I'm holding a little bit of hope, but humanity, I'm looking to see how humane we are. And I see ambivalence. I see dismissiveness. I see emotion, like Dale Carnegie said, dealing with people with emotion. You, you know what I mean? Uh, dealing with people, remember, you are not dealing with creatures of logic, but creatures of emotion. And I'm not, there's not a lot of thinking going on. And, and, that, and that, that, that troubles me, where everyone is just going into their respective corners and going, I'm fighting for this, and, I'm, and that's it. And it's a little scary. And, uh, well, I don't want to call it scary. I'm not scared, you know. I'm not scared. But it's just, you know, I, I, wish, I wish I lived in a better world. I wish I lived in a, in a better world. I wish I lived in a world where people were truly concerned about other people's well-being, you know, and they didn't just pick and choose which people's well-being they, well, they're communists, so I'm not really, you know, caring about their well-being, or they're Muslims, and I don't really care, or, or they're, they're whatever, they're this, they're that. It's just like, yo, well-being, human beings, stewards of the earth, you know, that whole can't we and I know that we can't all just get along because as a human species, we have not fully evolved to a point where we can recognize our interconnect, our connectivity with others. You know, while I when I leave, when, I, when I'm looking to see what binds us, there are going to be some things that make us different. And I bring all of that to the table. I'm letting you know, but I'm but at the same time, I'm like, hey, these are the things that bind us. We're the ones who have to be stewards for this thing while other guys are trying to franchise our dysfunction to the rest of the universe and leave this atmosphere. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not ready to visit another species. I'm not. If you find another species out there and they're more advanced than us, I don't want to introduce them to us. I'm embarrassed. I'm like, no, 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 no. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We're not ready. We're not ready. It's like, you know, a woman when she's getting ready for a date and you try, I try to open up the door sometimes when my, when my lady's in the bathroom and she goes, no, I'm not ready. I'm like, oh, I'm my bad. I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm my bad. You know, I'm trying. I need something in there. No. And then she, she opens the door a little bit and just hands it to me and locks it. Then I'm like, man, why are you locking the door? I'm just, it's just you. I know what you look like, you know, but that's how I feel about us leaving this atmosphere looking for other places and other things and and mining other energies and and maybe bumping into other species i don't want to bump into another species the way we are right now man nah man look who we have as president respectfully look we had as president before respectfully look who we're voting for look at look at what's going on what look look who we are look what we're doing nah man so this is me saying, hey, listen, let's have a, let's let's have a t let's talk about it. If you're going to really take to the streets, if you're really going to have your identity politics, especially when it comes to racial dynamics, especially when it comes to these ideas of critical race theory and et cetera, et cetera. You, know, you, get it so you guys need to go a little bit further back, you know, before we introduce certain dictums. I, I'm just I'm I'm like, wait a minute. Let's let's take a second. No, no deviations, no, no, no bastardizations, no departures and no abandonment of, of, of effective protocols that were implemented by giants. And so guess what? You know, so far I spoke to 20, not 20. I spoke to maybe 15, 15, about 15 millennials. And when I asked them, who are your giants and can your giants compare to 
the Malcolms, the Martins, the, the MLK, the this one, the Hueys, the Bobby Seals, the George Jacksons, the Momias, the this, the that, and the third. They didn't have any. And they knew it. They knew it. They knew they didn't because of many of those millennials, I had already introduced them to these people already. And I said, do, do, do your giants compared to the giants that were born in the 1880s, the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and some born in the 60s? And they were like, yeah. And I said, so why are you following them? You have to always search for the highest truth. If you have a higher truth available to you, you reach for that. You reach for the highest branch that your arms can allow you to reach for. And if, I, and if you have a higher truth available to you, then what is the purpose of, of, of listening or entertaining any lower truth? There's no need to do a compare and contrast. Like me, I don't listen to garbage music because it's new. Just because this artist is new doesn't mean I'm going to give you my ears. Are you good? I don't listen to what's new. I listen to what's good. As a matter of fact, pardon me, I listen to what's great. Because there's a lot of good, but I like great. Pardon me. Excuse me for a moment for being a snob or a purist. Good ain't good enough. So there's where I'm at with it, you know, and I just um, that's all I wanted to talk about as far as that's concerned. This is sort of like my response to all of my millennial homies and everyone in between. You know, we're all in this together. Um, I think, <laughs> you know, but um, be careful who you vote. Uh, be careful who you vote for. Be careful who you follow. Look at the agendas of the people you follow and always follow the money trail. Follow the breadcrumbs. Who profits? Who benefits? Hmm? Who's getting funded? And remember, there's no such thing as a rich activist. There are wealthy people who involve and engage in activism, but they're not activists. They're wealthy from something else. And then they decide, okay, I'm going to put my money, I'm going to throw my voice to this particular cause. That's different than getting rich off activism. You came into the game being Mr. or Mrs. Power to the People or Mr. or Miss Power to the People. And all of a sudden, you're buying three million, you have $3 million worth of real estate or you work, your net worth is over a million dollars and you're getting development deals with movie studios like the, 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 the founders of BLM. And you have $60 million worth of donations just, just, just there waiting to be claimed and no one wants to claim it because they know that their, their, their organization is, um, hmm, they have some things to answer, to answer for. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, people. You know, I'm like, just keep asking questions. I'm more about ans asking questions than answering them. That's why I don't mention certain books that I've read. That's why I don't do certain things. I'm like, hey, do the legwork. Do the legwork. You know, I'm, this is a free broadcast. There's only so much you can get for free. <laughs> you know, if I was teaching and getting a salary for this, then I would be saying, hey, you need to read passages from such and such book. But as a, because I'm doing this as a, as a goodwill gesture to my fellow human, human I'm saying that a, a certain amount of elbow grease and sweat equity needs to be engaged. If you want to know names of books and titles and this, that, and the third, then maybe you email me. Maybe send me a, you know, cash app or, or email and stuff. And we engage. And then it's like with further conversation, then it's like, okay, well, you know what? Look into this. If you're really, really interested in this particular subject, look into that. But I'm not going to, you know, I mentioned so many names. Use that as the rabbit hole. You know, use that as a rabbit hole. I mentioned Franz Fanon, Wretched of the Earth. I mentioned a couple of books here and there. And um, use that as a rabbit hole. Use that as, a, as, an, as an entry to the giants. You know, don't listen to, you know, when I listen to contemporary rhetoric, I listen to these, uh, when, I, when I read what's supposed to be a journalistic uh, piece from, an, from a reporter, and it just, it's just all opinion. See, remember, in the newspaper, there's a column that says opinion on it. It literally says opinion. They call it op-ed. It's an opinion piece. So I know as soon as I start, I'm reading this journalist's opinion, even though there's no such thing as a 100% fully unbiased accounting of events as a reporter. However, the good reporters and the great reporters do their level best to try to... Uh, eliminate their own particular bias from a particular story. 
and it goes through the editor's desk and copy and and they hash through it and go it that's you right here it got to take out that line why i got to take out that line because of this that and the third it's more of your opinion you took a leap there that right there is a leap and the facts did not lead you to those conclusions what led you to those conclusions is your own particular opinion you took a leap and this is the discussions that occur with good to great reporters and good to great editors of good to great publications this is the this is the process where they go up your evidence doesn't lead to that the facts that you the facts that you presented don't lead to that you are making a presumption so you got to take it out because we're going to deal with the facts such as they are and then allow the reader to make up their own minds that's journalism but then you have the op ed piece which i'm getting someone's opinion but you know what right now i can't tell the difference when I go on these websites, whether it's the right or the left, I can't tell the difference between a journalistic fact piece and an op-ed piece. The line has been so blurred because of people's emotions, because of the lack of integrity of the fourth estate, because people are more led by their emotions than their actual intellect. So you can get more people to read if you can get it, if you can provoke and invoke a certain level of emotion in them. That's why the, that's why the if it bleeds, it leads dictum is what leads your news. As soon as you turn on your local news, the first thing they tell you is who was killed at what accident or whose home was broken into or what's going on at what war. They don't start off with anything else. They start off with the blood and guts, the fight or flight. And we all know that fear lowers IQs. So why is it that you're starting with something that's fear based if we all know that fear lowers IQs? Fear, if you operate in a fear based dynamic it lowers your iq it lowers your ability to think rationally it's called fight or flight so think about that the next time you watch your news reports and your legacy media and you're watching your local news and they started off with fear and then they give you certain pertinent tiny tidbits of information later so you led with the fear and then you're going to give me something else i need to think about so you waited to lower my iq first just saying just saying oh lead alone yeah Breaking news, such and such jumped off a building, head exploded, arms fell off, flew away on the way down. Like, what? Huh? What? That's what's going on. Hey, breaking news. You're like, wait, wait, wait. And then sometimes you start thinking to yourself, yo, that happened 50 miles from my house, man. And you already caught the person. So why is this news? That's not even local news. That's something that's supposed to be on the precinct wall. That's like the precinct website. You know what I mean? Like, that's not even supposed to be on my local news. So you just gave me two minutes of something that I didn't need to know. It's not like some person's at large and you have a description. You got the person in custody, this, that, and the third. So what are we doing right now? No, your fear. IQ levels drop with your fear. So I'm going to lead with fear and then I'm going to give you a little bit of information that is that is rife with hyperbole, rife with presumptions, rife with the opinion that they want you to hear. And th guess what? Now you're just parroting someone's opinion without evidence or, or, or due diligence and research. And there you go. And it cannot withstand the rigors of intellectual or ideological inquiry. So I'm challenging my millennials out there. I'm challenging this woke generation to take a moment and do the work. And, the, and there's plenty of evidence of the work and they have access to the work more than any other generation in the history of humanity. So that's why it's very difficult to give people a pass when in your pocket, in your pocket, you have all the information you need. In your pocket, you can press a button and you can get access to things that I don't even know about that I haven't even looked into yet. Like, oh, really? That's what's going on? Wow. Oh, wow. Send that to me. You know how many times people have sent me things? I'm like, I didn't know that. What? Sent me down another rabbit hole. Now I got to buy a whole other set of books on some subject some friend sent me through some l obscure link. And now I'm in, into some other stuff. Happens, shoot, every couple of months happens to me. Like, oh, now I'm looking into this. Whoa, this is dope. This is crazy. Wow, I can't wait. So all I'm asking them to do is their due diligence. Don't get mad. Don't feel attacked. Don't feel triggered. Don't feel like I'm gaslighting or I can't remember the other word mansplaining or all the other things that people say no I'm not doing that no I'm not doing that don't try to label what I'm saying you know don't don't do that don't immediately try to put it in some new dogma that you and then that way giving you an so you can have an opportunity to dismiss what I'm saying don't do that 
There's another word that I heard someone use about something I said. I can't remember what it was. It, it wasn't mansplaining. It was it was something else. I think it was hero something. I don't remember what it was. But it, but anyway, when I when I looked up the word and I researched it because I didn't know what they were talking about. I was like, what are they talking about? I was like, oh wow, that had nothing to do with what I was saying. And I was like, it's very difficult to interpret what I was saying in that way. But if you've already decided that someone who says what I just said is in this category, then there you go. You're putting me in a box. And, and, and there's a lot more nuance to the things that I'm saying. So you can't really box that up, what I said. And I really thought to myself, yeah. So I'm saying that this new ge the generation that's taking to the streets right now, this generation has gone through an intellectual degeneration. Ah, I'm sorry. My apologies in advance. I know it's a little harsh, but it has. There's realities. It's like when you go to the doctor's office, it's like he, he pulls out the, 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 uh, the little, you know, thing, pad, tablet, and he goes, yep, yep, this is what's going on. So I'm telling you, your intellect has gone through a great degeneration. Your attention spans are at historic lows due to the fact that you're watching shorts and Instagrams and little videos, etc., etc. Your movies are short, minute, uh, an hour, 28 minutes, down from an hour, 38, hour, 48 minutes. A lot of this is going on. Your attention spans are lower. You don't want, and, 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 if the t and if the article is not uh, provoking you, then you're not into it. If it has too many statistics and facts and figures and dates and times, you go, eh. Even though those facts, figures, and statistics, and dates and times are 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 are, are essential to coming to, to, to forming an informed op opinion, but here we are. I'm saying you're gonna have to reroute, fundamentally change how you how you receive information, how you think about things. Your depression is up. Your anxiety is up. Your drug use is up. All of that is going on. You're being pumped up, whether it's the zinnias, the people coming up in their teens now, twenties. You, 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 all your anxieties are up, and your intellect is down. That relationship, that's a correlation. I'm telling you, there's a correlation. Deal with it. First things first, let's get to the giants. Find out how they got sane, how they remained sane and were able to overcome the situations and not succumb to those situations that are far more dire than what you are facing today. But however, however, you are in a situation that is unsustainable. Your economy is unsustainable. How we're doing things are unsustainable. And you need to have real, real, real ideas and real 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 life and actual and factual solutions okay i'm not even hearing people talking about you know universal basic incomes i'm not even hearing people talk about peter joseph zeitgeist and and all types of uh, you know other theories i'm not even hearing that anymore at one point i was kind of hearing that seep in and then it went away and it's like wait what happened to that what happened to those millennium projects and things like that that were bring, being brought together by um what's his name i think his name was jacques fresco and people like that like what what happened to those ideas those are gone like those jacques fresco's like venus project i remember and all of that stuff i remember going this is fascinating peter joseph bringing some things to the to the, to the table i was like this is fascinating that's gone and it's been replaced with this sort of identity politics intersectional speak where everything is so everything, everything is pumped into us about equal of inclusion. And we're going to talk about that next. That's going to be the next episode. We're going to speak about this inclusion. I did an episode called The Illusion of Inclusion before, uh, <laughs> but um, we're going to speak about it. All right. So you guys enjoy yourselves. Thanks for. You know, lending me your ears. Remember, whose world is this? 21 at gmail.com and whose world is this? 2021 on Instagram and Cash App, dollar sign J U N B E A U. No amount is too big, no amount is too small. All right, till next time.